I said that I was concerned about his eyes and she looked straight at me and said, are you ready for this? When a family is, without warning, suddenly confronted with extreme vision loss, baby is pretty well blind, the impact is frightening and perhaps devastating. In time though, things far from all bad are better explained as different. Amy Thorne can attest to this. Amy can explain to us the experience of introducing young Parker to the world with supports from family, friends, organisations such as Vision Australia and various government services. Tell us about Parker. When did you first notice that there was something wrong with his eyes? Parker was around about three months old when I first noticed that something was a little bit different about his eyes. I actually kept that information to myself for just over a month. I felt I needed time as a mother to prepare because I knew whatever was going to come was going to be quite big. Two days before our four-month-old maternal health visit, I told my husband that something is terribly wrong with our son and you need to start preparing yourself. I went to that maternal health appointment and she said, is there anything that you're concerned about? I said that I was concerned about his eyes and she looked straight at me and said, are you ready for this? And in that moment, I knew it was going to be way bigger than anything I could have imagined. Yeah. And she obviously knew and was waiting for the time to talk to you about it. Yeah, I'd had a, quite a traumatic birth with Parker as well, unfortunately, and I was quite sick for quite a few months. So she was waiting until I was ready. Parker's eye condition is called X-linked juvenile retinoschisis. It's a hereditary condition that causes his retinas to split. He also has nystagmus, which is an involuntary eye movement. Was there any history of it in the family that you knew about, or was all this a surprise? Uh, at the time when Parker was born, we weren't aware of anybody else in the family having this condition. I did call everybody in my family who wore glasses and said, what's your eye condition called? And my cousin was actually the first one who brought up X-linked juvenile retinoschisis, and he said, they think I may have had this, but... He was 20 at the time when he found out mm. he was traveling overseas and he didn't. We took that information to the eye doctors in Melbourne and almost immediately they confirmed that is what it is. We just had to get the genetic testing and all of that out of the way before we could 100% confirm what that was it. It was a difficult time. I remember about a week after we found out, I went to my girlfriend's place to drop something off. And she asked me how I was feeling and I said, I'm just, I'm completely numb. There was nothing, you know, I've cooked dinner because I had to cook dinner and I've cleaned the house because I had to clean the house. Yep. There was no happy times. There was just sad crying times. So we couldn't talk about it. Glenn and I were always for the first nine months to a year on completely different pages about what to do about Parker our relationship suffered hugely. I'm one of those, all right, this is the problem, let's go ahead, let's do everything we can to fix it, let's, you know, let's move forward. And every time I would talk to Glenn, he would just snap, I don't want my child to be blind, and end of conversation. So extremely lonely and extremely difficult. It was traumatising, really. How did you go about getting help? After we got the initial diagnosis from Melbourne Children's Eye Clinic, 
they put us in touch with Vision Australia and I think within four days or so, Vision Australia had come to our household. They were amazing. There's no other way to put it. They were incredible. Someone from the children's services came and spent time with you? Yeah, one of the early childhood educators came yeah. to our, our household. What was that experience like with her? It was good. It was daunting, of course, you know, going into a whole new world. But they assured us that, you know, it's an open, free space. You know, you don't have to watch what you say or anything. You don't mean to offend anybody. But no, I didn't want a blind child. And they were more than willing to answer any questions that we had. So was that reassuring or helpful? I think it took a few months before we started to trust them. You're letting somebody into your home for the yeah. first time and it takes a bit of time to build up that relationship, especially when you're at rock bottom too, to bring somebody in and tell them all of your fears and what you're scared of, mm. you know, and they tell, oh, it'll all be okay. And when you're in that moment and someone tells you, you know, time will make it feel better, you don't believe them. So it does take a little bit of time to build up that trust. But once you're there, they are the most invaluable people to have in your life. Our Vision Australia team definitely saved our marriage and they've definitely helped with become making Parker the independent little boy he is today. They're incredible. What did they offer you in a tangible sort of a way, the people from Vision Australia? Definitely did a lot of hand-holding and helping mum and dad out and being a great support for us. And with Parker, they suggested some light-up toys for him. He had this little white bunny rabbit that he carried everywhere and they suggested that we make the eyes and the mouth and everything black so it was white on black so he could actually see the face. I wouldn't have thought about that, not in a million years. Big part to remember when you've got a child with a vision impairment, a young baby with a vision impairment, they're going to be okay. Yeah. They need the mum and dad to be together and okay to move forward. The baby's going to be a baby. They don't really need any early childhood education right now. So it's more about making sure that family unit is strong. And at the time they had a music program as well. So this is going back five years now that they... Mm had a lady who would come to your house and she'd play the bongo drums and everything. And Parker just loved that. It was huge. But he is starting to struggle a lot now, trying to read letters and numbers and things like that. It is becoming apparent that it's going to be very difficult to do text with him. Has he been introduced to Braille yet? Parker's been doing pre-Braille since he was about six months old. So we've been working on finger dexterity, fine motor skills and all of that. And he's learnt to read, well, I say read, he's five years old, so he still doesn't read properly, but he's learnt to follow Braille, two hands for reading and all of those things. So it's, we've been building up to this moment now where we're actually starting to read letters, which is a really big stage for him. Now, I believe fairly early on he was introduced to what we might describe as a mobility aid, a little long white cane. Parker was introduced to his cane at 12 months old. And he didn't actually walk until he was 18 months. But as of 12 months old, he took his cane everywhere with him. That was probably one of the hardest moments in our whole journey. Um, we got his cane and I was very excited about it. I'd wanted it. But then the night before I had to leave the house, I had major anxiety about basically telling the world that my son's blind. 
I was in tears. I was extremely upset. Mm. Um, and I messaged my girlfriends and I said, look, I don't know what to do. I have to do this. I know I have to do this, but I don't know how to. And I think one of the most valuable lessons I've ever had is my girlfriend said, what would you think if you saw a child with a cane? And for me personally, I'd say, hey, look, there's a kid with a cane. How cute. And I'll keep walking. And I realised in that moment that it wasn't going to be as daunting as I thought it was going to be. And people wouldn't see us any differently than the rest of the people in the world. She changed my life in that moment because all that anxiety Most of the anxiety went away. I wouldn't say all of it. I still, once we left the house the next day, I didn't make eye contact with anybody. We did what we needed to do. We walked around the shops and we came home and little bit by little bit, I did start to look at people's faces. A lot of those faces were looking at me with a big smile on their face saying, oh, a little boy with a cane, how cute. And they would carry on with their day. And it was a it's a beautiful thing. We get stopped everywhere and everybody gets out of his way, which is a nice yeah. thing as well. Yeah. They make sure they steer clear and give him the space that he needs. So in time, you weren't seeing so much the cane as an indicator to the world that he was blind, but as the mobility aid, the assist, the, the device for helping him get around, that a cane is. Oh, definitely. Kane's been invaluable. Kinder, how's that going? Kinder's doing really great. We've found a kinder who's very, very supportive of him. He's got his brailler in the classroom so he can play around on that. They talk to all the children about how Parker's slightly different to them and how that they can um, interact with him a little bit better, as in, you know, walking up to him and telling him, hi, Parker, it's Amy. Do you want to come play with me? And just telling them who they are and not to just run off on him because he won't know where they're gone. Mm. But they've been extremely supportive. How's preparation for school going? We're just starting now. So at the moment, we're at the beginning of term two and we're starting to get all the paperwork and everything together to get him a teacher's aid and things like that. And he'll start his orientation mobility training around the school in term three. So we're going to do quite a lot of that. Um, I have a bit of a phobia about him getting lost. So we're going to do orientation mobility all over the school in every place. So if he does get lost, he can find his way back. When you're out in, in public, how do other people react when they see Parker? There's a huge range of different reactions that we get. We get... Some people who just give you a smile and, you know, that kid's cute. Uh, you get the people who want to come up and talk to you. Um, their sister's blind and they want to hear about his eye condition and things like that, which I'm always happy to hang out and have a chat with somebody. Mm. And occasionally we get the people who look at you and mouth the word sorry, which is, yeah, a little bit off-putting. Um, I don't see there to be anything sorry about my son. More than anything, I'm proud of the fact that he's blind. What other supports from government have you had? NDIS? Uh, yes, yeah, so Parker's been with NDIS about three years now. They're wonderful for our daily support. So his physio, his 
early education teacher and things like that. That's great. We also have a carer's allowance. So it's $131 a fortnight, I think, just over that, which is incredible. How do you feel about Parker's future? I know my son is going to be independent and he's going to have a job and he is going to do everything that, a say, normal sighted child would do. But when I look to the future, that's when I get a bit nervous. Because you don't know yet how that's going to fall into place, I guess. Oh, exactly. And Parker's eye condition is degenerative as well. I know it's a bit selfish, but one of the biggest things in my life growing up was driving. I travelled from when I was 16 to when I was 22 and I drove everywhere myself. And to know he's not going to have that, it kills me still. And that's probably the one thing when I start to think about it, I have to push it to the back of my mind because I can't deal with that. We've been introduced to so many blind and vision impaired people and we've actually been advocates for Vision Australia for the last four or five years. So we've been in the room with these people and we've seen how they interact and being surrounded by the blind and low vision community just makes you see how open the world is and how much opportunity there is out there and having all of these incredible people who you know I've met lawyers and doctors and all of these types Mm. of people that we didn't think was possible and to see them and to get to know them has been such a huge advantage for us. For any mums or dads who might be listening who without warning have a child who can't see what advice would you have for them? I think this is the hardest question. Just do what you have to do, especially with a young baby. I think we were very lucky to find out so early because Parker was fine. We could move on and grieve and cry and let the world fall down around us because he didn't know any different. Allow yourself to let it go. Let Let it all come out and your child will eventually start to teach you and start to show you how all of that crying and all of that grieving was really for nothing in the end. And what has he taught you? Is there any one thing you can tell me that he's taught you? The one that always comes to mind is when he was about two, he used to always start a sentence with me, mum, can I have this? Mum, can I go to the bathroom? Mum, can I brush my teeth? And I was listening to him one day and every single time he talked to me, he would say, mum. He's trying to tell me something. And I realised that he wants me to say Parker at the beginning of every sentence. He Mm. wants me to acknowledge that I'm talking to him because he can't see that I've turned my head to talk to him. And half the time he doesn't even realise I'm in the room. So So, hearing his name from you gives him that instant to tune in. Yeah, he knows I'm talking to him. I'm not talking to his brother. Parker, you need to go and brush your teeth now. He will still ignore me, but he knows it's for him now. If you or a loved one are experiencing vision loss and would like to know about the range of options on offer to you, please call 1300 847466 or visit visionaustralia.org.